Good morning, Boker Tov. Welcome back to 10 Minutes of Meaning, our weekly study of Misilas Yesharim, the wonderful and the great Ramchal, whose yurt site is coming up, Ramosha Chaim Lutzato, who gave us the gift of Misilas Yesharim, the 12-step program of Pinchas Ben Yair, how we can better improve ourselves, live our best or better lives, and realize the potential, the reason for which we are here. I want to thank our generous sponsors of the series for the year, dear friends, Chani and Lenny Grunstein, in memory of her beloved father, Mr. Aaron Timbor, Aaron Ben Yitzchak. And this morning is also sponsored by Judy and Joel Pomerantz and Children in Commemoration of the first year of Milton Goldman. This coming Shabbos, also the year of the Ramchal. He was a very special uh, husband, father, and Zayden Milton Goldman. Thank you so much for your generosity. We are in the middle of Perak Tes Zion. We are in chapter 16 in Mesilas Yesharim. We have gone through Zahiras, how to live a life of consciousness, conscientiousness, mindfulness, to be thoughtful, to be present in all that we do. Not that we've mastered it, not that we've perfected it, but we've studied it and we're working on it. Zrizas, once we're mindful, we've trained our mind that we're in control of our thoughts, our actions, our deeds. Now Zrizas, now we can unleash alacrity and zeal. Now we can show energy and enthusiasm in order to go perform, in order to go pursue the values that we hold dear. We then moved on to Nikias, how to identify the character traits, the attributes that we want to purge from within ourselves, we want to improve. We then moved over to Precious, how to live a life we're entitled to live with once we've proven we can live without. How to be disciplined, how to have self-control and sovereignty, to not give in to instinct and to impulse and to appetite, to be in control. And now we move over to Tahara, the idea that we don't live for happiness, we live for holiness. The notion of a purity of our thought, of our intentions, of our actions. Again, a very high level. We're not suggesting it's where we begin, nor are we suggesting that it's easy to achieve. It's a very high level, but it's something to aspire to, and it's something we're capable of. So continues the Ramchal in the middle of Perak Tezayin, chapter 16. We have a sacrifice, a korban in the temple called the Mincha, the flower offering. And the flower offering in the base of Mikdash in the temple was sifted through 13 sieves. The Gemara Menachos tells us, that the flower itself was sifted many, many times in order to eliminate imperfections, in order to ensure that whatever passed through and whatever was then ultimately offered to God was pure, didn't have imperfections, contaminants. sig, So that it was guaranteed to not have any contaminant. So too, when it comes to the higher altar, when it comes to the service that we do with our lives to God, in order to become part of a perfect and supreme service. So the idea is to examine, to reflect, to evaluate our lives. What's driving me? What's my intent? What's my motive? And to try to become pure. To try to become pure. Now, as we've said and as we'll continue to get to, better to do something for the wrong reason than not do it at all. But of course, the ideal is to do the right thing for the right reason. And therefore... One only knows that if they're contemplative and thoughtful, if we make time and space to think, what drives me? What is my motive? What is my intent? Why am I doing this? Can I eliminate imperfections? Can I eliminate contaminants? Can I try to all have is a perfect intent? Says the Ramchal, I'm not suggesting that anything less than this. If there's any ulterior motive or any other intent or any personal pleasure that you derive, then don't do it. I'm not saying that. 
daven and learn and give tzedakah and volunteer for chesed. Do all the right things even for the wrong reason is better than not doing it at all. But what I am saying, God, of course, will reward us for doing the right things even for the wrong reason. However, our reward is proportional. Our reward is even greater when we do the right things for the right reason. So to stop to ask ourselves, what drives us? Why? Why do I want more money? Why do I want more things? Why do I want prominent friends or followers? Why do I want to be learning right now? Is it so that I get accolades? Is it so that I get the respect? Why do I want the kibbutz? Why do I want the aliyah or to be the baltfila? Why do I want to be the chairman? Why do I want to be the committee head? Why do I want to be on the board of directors? Each thing that we do, we should ask ourselves, why? What's motivating us? In our own marriage, the selfless things that we seem to do, are they selfless? Are we doing it to serve ourselves? Or are we driven benevolently? Are we driven altruistically for wanting to give and wanting to do good to our spouse, to our children? We will be our best selves, not only when we do the right things, but when we are aware of why we're doing those things. Is it for the right reason? He says, describes, I'm speaking about Tamima, the most perfect, the most whole, the most complete type of service. If you truly love God, if you're in a relationship with God, then we're doing the right things for the right reasons. We're doing it to have a pure Pure service. It's directed only to Hashem and not to anything else. I'm not looking for honor or glory, or I think it'll make me more money, or to win me more friends or influence or power, but rather it's a relationship I'm invested in with God. I love God and I care about God. And any amount that you distance or fall short from this level, so the Ramchal again is reiterating, do the right things even for the wrong reason, but the degree that it's driven by the wrong reason will compromise the beauty of doing the right thing. You know, your spouse asks you to do something. You want to meet their need. For those who don't know, this Sunday is Mother's Day. Get ready. Be forewarned. It's only Wednesday. You still have time. So why do you want to honor your wife, your mother on Mother's Day, the woman in your life, the woman you appreciate, the maternal person? Is it because they deserve the honor, the glory? You want to make them happy? Is it about you? I think about this when I look at social media on Mother's Day. Every year I put out a, a post, first of all, to be sensitive to those who are longing and wishing and dreaming to be mothers. On Mother's Day, fathers on Father's Day, there are people who are single and who don't have the opportunity yet to build a family. There are married people struggling with infertility. You have to be sensitive. But I always look and I always wonder, these very um, emotional outpouring of love and affection online to people who aren't even online. So people have parents who don't have social media accounts and they're proclaiming their love, their devotion online with a picture and I love you and you're the greatest and here's all my love and devotion to you and I can't help but wonder why. Why post online if the recipient, if the subject that you're speaking about won't even see it isn't there? Write a card privately. Is the goal that they know how much you love them and admire them? How much affection you have for them? Or is the goal for everyone else to know that you love and appreciate and that you are somebody who honors them? What's the goal? What's the motive? We have to stop and always ask ourselves, is it tahor? Is it pure? Or has it been impacted by imperfect, by imperfections? We strive for and we aspire to pure motive 
in all that we do. This is what King David said, Whom do I desire in the heavens, and besides you I wish for nothing else on earth? Your word, Imrascha, is pure. And your servant loves it. When people buy a diamond, they look for the, what is the four case? Carrot, clarity, it's four C's. Carrots, clarity. What are the other ones? I forgot. But a person wants to make sure that the imperfections aren't there. You buy gold, have the imperfections been removed? Have they been purged? Have they been burnt? Have they been eliminated? Are there imperfections in the gold and in the silver? And says the Ramchal, if you demand perfections, and you, color, thank you Nathan, from Boca, if you demand perfection in your jewelry, shouldn't you aspire for perfection in your own motive, in our own lives? If we're looking for perfection, you buy a car, you walk around that car, make sure there's no scratches, make sure there's no dents, make sure there's no damage, make sure there's no imperfection. In all these areas of our life, in jewelry, in furniture, in cars, we look and we want to make sure there are no imperfections. But what about in our own lives? What about in our own actions and deeds? What about in our own thoughts and behaviors? Are we equally concerned with eliminating the imperfections? Trying to make sure we're doing not only the right things, but doing the right things for the right reasons. And this is what it says, The words of Hashem are pure as silver, purified in a crucible on earth, refined sevenfold. So God is perfect. And we demand and look for perfections, and we should also demand that among ourselves. If you serve God truthfully, authentically, not about you, your ego, your honor, your glory, not about others noticing, but it's about God. It's about that relationship. It's about only caring, what is the Rebona Shalom? Am I giving him nachas? Is he happy with me? So you're not going to be satisfied with minimal fulfillment nor you're going to be willing to accept silver mixed with imperfection. A service, a worship that is tainted, that's compromised by ulterior motives. We're going to want it to be perfect and pure and beautiful. This is what our rabbis taught us in the Gemara in Shabbos, that a person who does a mitzvah as it was originally meant, as it was intended, it will never receive bad news. Do things for the sake of the one who created and speak about them for the sake of heaven. We do things l'shma. We should do the things in our marriage, not so that other people say, he's a great husband, she's a great wife, but because we're devoted to the other. We should do things for our children, not so that others will notice and say, what a great father, what a great mother, but rather because it serves our children. And we should do things for the Rebona Shalom, not so that others will say, wow, how holy, how righteous, how religious, but rather because invested in that relationship with Hashem. If we demand perfection in things, in material possessions and goods, we should aspire for more perfections to eliminate the imperfections in our own motive and in our own life. Mother's Day is a perfect example. Where do I want to express that love, that affection? Do I want to do it to the recipient, the subject, the beneficiary, the target of who I want to praise and acknowledge and thank? Or do I want the entire world to see me thanking them and think more of me? Where do I want and what's the best mechanism to deliver that? And will they see that? And what's my motive? In all that I do, what's my motive? What's driving me? Why am I doing it? 
and to stop ourselves and to realize we're in control and to try to eliminate impure motives and always do things for the right reason. We continue 845, Living with Amun. I hope you'll join us. Tonight, 9 p.m., we're going behind the beam with Rav Benji Levin, the grandson of the Tzaddik of Yerushalayim, Rav Arya Levin, for a fantastic conversation. He's an amazing person. His stories are outstanding, extraordinary. I hope you'll join us for both. Subscribe here on YouTube in order to be notified in real time every time we go live. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay holy.